Welcome back. This is Indie Archfiends episode 8, our triumphant return after being gone for what feels like forever. I am your host, Terrence Davis, and I am joined by a brand new co-host. Roberto Campos. I'll go by Birdo. <laughs> and so I just wanted to preface kind of uh, where we've been and what we've been doing. And uh, even though it seems like we've been gone for a long time, we haven't been sitting idly by. We've had a lot of stuff in the works. Uh, and Birdo, he's been working really hard in the background of a lot of things. Uh, he's actually been working in the background uh, early on in some of the other episodes. And uh, finally, we've made him a co-host. So, you know, we have three co-hosts now. Um, that you'll see reoccurring. We have, you know, Eric Davis, we have Andrew Mumford, and now we're joined by Bredo Campos. Appreciate you having me. And so, uh, what we, we're basically what we've been working on is we now have a YouTube channel up, uh, and we've been uploading some streaming, and that's all thanks to Bredo. Yeah, no, I, um, one of my goals for this year was to like kind of do more video work and like streaming. Um, and I had just started getting into the game and playing with Eric and whatnot. And I was like, Hey, like I would love to do some video stuff just cause. And it worked out perfect. Yeah. We were already creating content, but we didn't have the equipment to move into streaming. And that was the big thing you and Eric were talking about. Yeah. And you had the equipment. Yeah. And I remember getting the post from Eric. He's like, Hey, uh, I've been playing with Birdo, and he has the equipment. We've been talking about video. I'm like, oh, we got to talk about this. Yeah, and and like uh, like I work in marketing or whatnot, so like content and all that jazz is just you know stuff that I do during the day. And um, I just thought it'd be a way to like combine like what I do professionally and uh, do something like for our community, yeah, and for like our our community locally, and then you know put it out there for the you know grander. Final Fantasy TCG community. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we got those first videos up uh, about the Opus Nine pre no, Opus Ten or, or Opus, pre-release. Sorry, yeah, Opus Ten. So uh, we uh, we got the Opus Ten pre-release. We got a couple games that we did, and uh, then we have some games that we recorded sometime before or after. I don't remember. Because um, we we had some we had some miscellaneous games before, but we don't have those uploaded yet. Those yeah. are some older videos. Yeah, uh, uh, and I think uh, I was gonna forego posting those just okay, since those yeah. are Opus Nine. That's true. And we recorded some Opus Ten games today. Yeah, we'll keep it recent. Yeah, uh, just with like current like how decks are shifting. And that whatnot, makes sense. So. Yeah, and then with the meta shifting, no one likes to go back to the previous meta. Especially that's the the hardest thing I think about creating content for uh, you know this type of scene, this type of game because. Uh, the moment you make an episode about a current meta, the moment the meta shifts into a new season, new opus, uh, that sort of becomes yesterday's news. And now you're just looking for the most recent. And mm-hmm. so it's not as timeless as you would like it to be. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, we've also been writing up and we, I wanted to really give an in-depth analysis of how to get started when you're new. So I've been writing up some show notes. Uh, I've been talking to... Um, some of the aficionados uh, in our community. So I've been I've been talking to Eric, uh, I've been talking to Sam, and we're basically working on uh, an overall podcast slash YouTube video of if you're a new player, where to go, how to get started, building a community, uh, de- deck budget builds, some cards to go after that you know aren't so expensive, and then maybe even highlight some of the cards that are absolutely needed even though they are pricey. Yeah. And so it's a, 
basically a better first episode that we did a long time ago. So our very first episode was highlighting those things, mm -hmm. but we wanted to make an official like, hey, beginners, start here. And we're not going to talk about meta. We're not going to talk about Opus as, you know, as much as possible. So then no matter where you're coming into the game, you can always watch this video and be like, okay, I understand. Uh, and so we've been working on that. Uh, like I said, the YouTube uh, I'm just kind of going down the list in my head. I didn't write down any of this. Yeah, <laughs> and, and like eventually, like I, I would like to do like streaming, like set up on like Twitch or YouTube. Yeah, uh, we kind of just went with like, hey, let's do video first, knock yeah. this out, this like workflow, and then work towards uh, doing something like that in the future. So uh, I hope we, you know, get to do maybe like a, a bigger tournament or something Absolutely. like that. You know, get something going. Um, and that's another thing we've been working on is we're just concentrating on. Uh, building our community and that's another reason why we've sort of been AWOL for a bit is we've just really been hunkering down and trying to figure out how to uh, build our scene try to you know build up our store so then we can get more prize support uh, build up uh, sort of the marketing aspect so we can get more people coming oh hey what are you guys playing mm -hmm. Final Fantasy that looks awesome uh, and then on top of all of that uh, get it so then we can host tournaments in the Midwest that people want to come to because we are in the center. I mean, this is the crossroads of America, right? Yeah, yeah. So we want to try to build up to a point where we can be like, hey, we're holding a tournament where, uh, uh, you know, hey, a box is the prize. Yeah. If you're, you know, if you're, if you're, there's so many people that are close by. I mean, we have the Cincinnati guys who came out some time ago. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure, you know, a win a box tournament would really, you know, fish them back out here. Yeah, uh, for sure. I know there were some Chicago players that couldn't make it, but I know they were interested. Mm -hmm. We host to build a win a box. Boom. So that, that's another thing we've been working towards. Um, but with that being said, we are finally back. Uh, this is the start of us coming back, and we're definitely going to try to be more on it this time. Uh, on top of us trying to work on all those things, there were some life things that happened, both from me and Eric's side. And um, I'm just finally glad to be back on the wagon. That being said, I did want to give a shout-out to some of the newest Indie Arch Fiends that have joined. Obviously, we have, who's been working in the background, now back into the foreground and the background now. Uh Birdo. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> um, then we have uh, some other uh, people who have joined us. Uh, just to give a shout out. Uh, definitely big shout out to Garrett. He's been showing up to every game night, uh, with the exception of sometimes he can't. You know, he's, he's got mm -hmm. a family. He's got to take care of his family sometimes. But like, he's he's been a very dedicated player, and he's he's ascending pretty quickly. Like, I, he's his growth is just he's hungry for it. Yeah, and I, I think he, in the near near future, he's going to be. A big competitor out here. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, no, because we both like started around the same time. Yeah, it's been like fun, just like seeing like whenever we play, kind of like how far that we've like come and like the lines of play that we see now, and like you know chaining things together, like things that we didn't see in the beginning, but now you know make us like resource efficient like i don't oh, know yeah. a better players and like more competitive with like you know the people that have been a part of the arch fiends in our community like since the beginning you know? oh yeah absolutely uh also a big shout out to i'm sorry i'm like i'm going off uh we have a group list i'm just kind of going off this list uh uh marie 
Yeah. Uh, she showed up very recently. She showed up during the Opus 10 release, but she's been very ecstatic about the game. And she brings a real positive energy that everybody enjoys. And also, she is the second woman to join our group. So yeah. <laughs> Laura's not so lonely anymore. <laughs> yeah, no. Diversity is good because, like, especially, too, in, like, you know, these kinds of groups, sometimes it can just be very, like, male-dominated. So exactly, it's awesome yeah. to, like, you know, have that diversity Absolutely. and grow that. Diversity is the absolute best. Um, and then there's, you know, a, a handful of other people that I – I will let Eric introduce in another episode, but uh, we sort of have kind of two communities going on. Um, uh, we play on Thursdays uh, at Good Games in Indianapolis, who is our sponsor, by the way. Um, and we have uh, Indie Archfiends mats that come out every time we do a game. So at least we have those as prizes, and they're very good-looking mats. Yeah, they're good quality, and for sure. We all have just uh, ordered... Uh, t-shirts and sweaters so we're all going to be matching with indie arch fiends apparel soon and we're going to start looking real legit yeah and it's going to be great when we wear it to go to the reunion yeah exactly and for our uh, youtube channel yeah for sure to be able to be on our channel and then wear our own merch it'll be awesome for sure uh i love the logo too like the crystal oh, yeah. like uh it's who, who did the logo oh um so Oh, uh, I've, was, I was, I've always been curious. <laughs> oh my gosh. We said in an episode and now I'm kicking myself in the butt, uh, that I don't remember. Eric knows, uh, and he's going to kick my butt for, kick my butt for, for, for forgetting. Um, <laughs> we will get that information out again, uh, in the near future. Um, and I should really have that information on hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, uh, definitely big shout out to the artist who did that logo. Um, actually, no, I'm sorry. I remember now. I don't remember the name of the, the person, but uh, it was uh, Tad who was like, hey, I know someone who can do the art. Uh, then they sent over an art. And then we, we had some trial and error because uh, I guess we bumped into like kind of copyright issues a little mm. bit because we actually had the Arch Fiends on the original logo. Uh, so then. Oh, I yep, see. Exactly. Yeah. So then we decided to be like, OK, let's just get rid of the faces, but keep the crystal and the font because it all looks very nice. Yeah. And then that's what stuck. And now we have what you guys know is the Indie Archfiends logo that you see on both our Facebook page, uh, Indie Archfiends. Yeah. And you also see it on our YouTube channel, mm. uh, which is Indie Archfiends. Very easy to look up. <laughs> And so with that being said, uh, let's get to know you, man. Uh, when did you start? Tell us, uh, when did you start playing? What got you into the game? And, you know, some other stuff about yourself that so, you haven't said already. Yeah. So really interesting. Like, uh, I've gone to Gen Con for like the past 10, 11 years ever since like I was like a kid or whatnot. And so you were born and raised here. Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, and who's your native? Yes. And um, I just went to Gen Con and Sun King Brewery here in Indianapolis. They always put on like a um, beer uh, garden, a beer garden, and they do a beer for Gen Con every year in collaboration. Oh, okay. And, you know, I just go there every time just to try out the beer and, you know, just hang out with some friends that I've made over the years. But I was just there by myself at the opening and I met uh, two players from uh, – St. Louis, uh, okay. Max Ritter and Brad uh, Shallion, I believe is how you say his last name. Uh, and they played the game, and I we just befriended uh, each other over beers. And I never played the game before, but um, I played Naruto and the yeah. collectible card game and Yu-Gi-Oh before, so I really like card games. So let me let me dive into that real quick. Yeah, uh, what is your background in you know card gaming? 
Like, yeah. What, what, where did you start? What have you played? And what you know? Uh, and now that you're here, how do you feel? Um, I started with Yu-Gi-Oh. You know, when I was like in middle school, just because you know introduction to like anime and all yeah. that sort of thing, and like just the zeitgeist around Yu-Gi-Oh. We're all a bunch of weebs out here. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and um, I played around uh, the beginning of the Synchro era. Uh, which is like Yu-Gi-Oh! 5Ds. Okay. And I, I played that kind of competitively. I went to a few regionals and things like that, but then kind of got out of the game um, just when like school started getting harder and whatnot. And then I started playing Naruto because uh, I love the anime. Yeah. <laughs> There's a through line here of just Japanese <laughs> mark, or like oh, yeah. uh, two shows in like a video game. But uh, played that for a bit, and then I kind of got out of card games for, a, I'd say, maybe like six years or something. And um, I met those guys, Max and Brad, and okay, yeah. I played uh, with their decks. And actually, Cody Scott uh, Snodgrass was there. Oh, and nice. I played with him, too. Uh, and this was 2018. Oh, and okay. I just the next day I bought like a light, the lightning ice lightning or the Final Fantasy 13 ice lightning starter deck. And I was and they introduced me yeah. to Eric and got me his phone number. Oh, okay. And I was going to start playing and then just life got in the way and I didn't play for an entire year. And then I just had like a, a day off on a Thursday and I was like, I'm going to go to good games on Thursday and then check out because the I was fiending there. to play a, a card game. Because I've been playing, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links on my phone for, like, ever. And like, okay, I was yeah, just like, yeah. I want to play, like, a card game. And, you know, I started playing it and, like, loving it even more. Like, I loved it right when I played with uh, Max and, and, like, Cody and yeah. Bradley. Um, just because, like, I love Final Fantasy. Um, yeah. But, like, the mechanics of the game, like, I love and i instantly fell in love but i just didn't play for a year and then like i just you know i was like i have time for this and i need like something in my life that like i'm sitting with like people in person not like looking at a tv or a screen and just like you know having fun doing something around like something i really really enjoy so yeah yeah i've just since like august i've just really gotten to the game and just been trying to you know uh get better and gen con was like my first tournament yeah and i got like a my first tournament was a sealed and nice. i got like a warning because i didn't get my my uh card numbers right like oh, the 108 no. yeah, cards. yeah yeah um and i was so nervous i remember there was somebody that i had met there um, he was playing – he played our good, at our Good Games tournament. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. And he played Fire uh, Fire Water FF9. And, um, yeah, he was right next to me. And he asked me if I was good because I, lo- I probably looked like super sad or something. Because I was like, <laughs> this is my first tournament and I'm like screwing up majorly. I'm getting like a warning and I'm just trying – because like I didn't know anything about Opus 9. I was just trying to make a deck that worked. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I played out throughout that whole tournament and I just, I loved it. And I, I, gr- I never dropped. I played all around still break and like, I didn't win anything. Um, I went like, or I only, my only two wins were buys, but like, it was just like that experience. Like I played like Adam Lane. He was my last game, but like just seeing all those people play that are like amazing in our community. Oh, um, yeah. I feel like I grew so much and yeah, I just, it, the it bit, like Final Fantasy TGG bit me this summer, and you know I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> Fantastic, and and you know what? It's funny uh, just to bounce off something you said earlier, like playing other games. Um, I, every now and then I'll pick up like a, a card game on the phone just to try to stave the the craving for Final Fantasy in yeah. between 
game nights and uh, nothing just nothing feels as good as Final Fantasy does. I need to figure out. I really want to play in the RVA Returners Octagon thing that they do on Wednesdays. I've played one and I keep telling myself I'm going to play another. But the problem is I work third shift. Yeah. So it's usually it's either I'm asleep or I'm afraid it'll. I'll have to because that's what happened during the first time I played. I had to bail because I had to make it to work. Yeah. Because it, it ran pretty late, and I, I I guess I'd have to talk to some of the guys and then see how late it's been running. Um, but usually by like eleven thirty, I'm like I got to get ready for work because I got to go to work in thirty minutes. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I have a Mac, and I guess Octagon's not on Mac. Oh no. So uh, that's where I'm like I'm trying to f- maybe figure that out. Like maybe I stay like get a dual boot. That's what you got to. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's what I've been looking into too for OBS. For okay, like streaming yeah. and whatnot too, because exactly. OBS is just uh, PC. So yeah, looking into those things. <laughs> so that's uh, it's awesome that we kind of you know got to dive into uh, where you came from, and you know we do this every time we introduce somebody new. Um, and you've been a really good player, also. Like I mean, like you said, you started pretty much seriously around Gen Con, mm-hmm. and then you've been playing since then, and mm-hmm. uh, your decks have been pretty solid. I mean, you kicked my butt. Uh, as we, we Not long ago, we were playing some games. Uh, we were jamming. I was running my uh, – I was doing my Mono Fire, right? Yeah. And then you were playing or No, you were playing FF8. That's uh, right. I was playing FF8 Fire Ice because mm-hmm. uh, I, I wanted to put away my Mono Fire for now. Um, so, yeah, I was playing my Final Fantasy VIII-themed Fire Ice, and uh, – I got stumped. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I just, I really wanted to make a deck around the X death that has the ground cross uh, thing. Oh, yeah. And like that whole deck, I just like, it's, I don't think it's like super good or anything, but like I just. It works. That's the thing. Yeah. I just like was like, I'm just going to try and make a deck that breaks everything and then kind of gets some draw or like re- recovers things from the break zone, like yeah. the sages and lids and stuff. So um, I was actually surprised that it worked like, cause I just put it together on like a Sunday and I was just like, I just want to be like, and I think funny. that's what makes things fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And like, cause if uh, everybody tries to play the meta, you're just seeing the same thing. It's when people get creative that you see these new unique decks or unique choices. Like I think the biggest one as of recent, um, when someone decided to throw, uh, and I wish I, I was listening to the RVA Returners podcast, and um, once again, I'm kicking my butt for not remembering names right now. Uh, it happens. <laughs> I know, right? So, so uh, it was someone's idea, and uh, you'll, you know who you are. Let me know so I can give you a proper shout out next time. But someone, someone decided, hey, uh, let me throw Royal Ripeness in a deck. Mm. which nobody's thought about using in ages, and it worked. <laughs> yeah, well, in, like, uh, I think it was the Arizona Cup that, like, uh, the Meta Potion, like, that four-color deck with, like, the Moogle, the Google Moogle, uh, the one, yeah. the Levin one, and the, that searches out things, and, like, yeah. it had, like, four elements in it and whatnot. Like, that was, like, one of the coolest things it's I think I've seen. It's things that are fun and work, which is amazing. yeah. And, I think it's because that, uh, you know, like any card game, there is a meta that having a meta also allows for things to come in left field and just take a sweep. And I think that's one of the things that I really liked when I first started playing uh, because, like, it really did seem that any deck could be any deck. Like, I mean, sometimes a really good deck just bricks or something or you just get outplayed or something like that or make a misplay. And it, it really does seem like every deck has a chance you just need to like you know 
play smart and whatnot. Yeah. Um, cause like, uh, I think I played Andrew, uh, the, the first time I came back and played, uh, yeah. and I won against his mono earth with the lightning, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. the lightning ice FF 13 starter deck. Yeah. And you know, it was just a starter. And that's something that's really nice too, is like how the starter decks are pretty good quality. The, oh man, like, the, the most recent, the, uh, was it, uh, race and, uh, um, nights. nights. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I, uh, those because I I think I heard at Gen Con the other double dual deck one uh, that came with like the Genesises and all the that yeah thing, that was uh, um, oh man why am I uh, it was like good guys bad guys I think whatever. Uh, I heard it like like the booth or something that they said that uh, it was gonna be out of print for now and like oh, these wow. are the last ones and like I feel really lucky that I got one of those online yeah because like those are there were so many staple cards there that I got yeah. from that uh, that really helped me out in the beginning. Which is why everybody also once once race and knights was like pre-order everybody's like pre-ordering or if you didn't pre-order you got it as soon as it popped in the store yeah it's like you never know if that's gonna happen again um, well in like as a new player, being so new, those things and Super like help. are so nice. Um, like you know, being able to have Diabolos and Cecil or like, Phoenix, yeah, the Phoenix like three absolute top tier cards that you see in so many decks. Well, and like uh, the Luas are in there yeah. too. Like you know, like so many like good staple cards. Um, like that is just so um, nice. Like. I've played two other card games, and I think that that is probably some of the best things that I've ever seen in a card game. Absolutely. Uh, for getting new people, or even just people that don't have, you know, the resources to always get, like, you know, a bunch of boxes. But, like, hey, here are these, like, very good legends. Uh, yeah. Or staple cards. Absolutely. And and I think that's another thing about the Final Fantasy game in general is that um, I feel like the games that I came from helped me because... It kind of, uh, Final Fantasy as a game, it seems to take influence from a lot of different card games. It does. And that was that's one thing that uh, I'll dive into in uh, a future episode. Uh, and that's some of the interviews that I'm finally going to upload from Gen Con. And uh, one of them is with Kagiyama. And we kind of dive a little bit into uh, what he did before, uh, you know, he was the game director and design for Final Fantasy TCG. Mm-hmm. And um, before all of it, he was a big Magic player. So, that, you know, obviously uh, he's probably also played some other games. Um, but he was a notable pro Magic player. Oh, I didn't and, know that. Yeah. Um, it, I was trying to do some research, and uh, that was the biggest thing that popped up. I was like, okay, cool. Uh, and you can tell that he was striving to make something that took elements from other games that he enjoyed, but also wanted to make something different. Yeah, and it seems to really blend Japanese-type TCG with, like, American with, like, magic. Exactly. Or, like, and Western. I feel American, like it's a, but... it's, it's a lot better than uh-huh. some of the other... I've played some other, uh, you know, obscure, like, you know, uh, Japanese TCGs, and some of them get too clunky. Um, some of them, the numbers get really confusing, because... Uh, because that's I, I feel like that's the biggest thing between like like American TCGs and Japanese TCGs. American TCGs are like, all right, we'll use one through ten, and then like mm-hmm. Japanese TCGs are like, these are in the thousands. <laughs> they have to be grand and big and just grandiose. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wonder if that has like any relation to like yen and how like from like a U.S. currency yeah. perspective, like it's just like take the two zeros off and like there a thousand is a ten dollar. <laughs> like I wonder. If that... 
<laughs> just easy translation. Yeah, I know, or right? Math or something. Uh, but but I feel like the way Final Fantasy is done, uh, it's all easy to comprehend, mm-hmm. and at none of none at no point do I feel uh, overwhelmed with the numbers like I have in the past with some. Uh, so yeah, it's just it's a it's a well put together game. Uh, not without its kinks, of course, but as We've all seen uh, they're getting quicker with the erratas. They're getting quicker with explaining. Even Kagiyama himself coming out and being like, hey, uh, sorry if there's a misunderstanding with this. This is how this card works. Uh, here are some of the most common questions, and he'll address those. If he doesn't address those to him, uh, himself, um, RB has addressed uh, some. She's come out, and she's awesome, and she'll, she'll uh, uh, address some issues um and give updates and then some other you know square enix representatives will come out and be like hey this is what's going on so before they they, they've they've learned from their mistakes and now they're catching themselves before the community does which is great and and that shows the growth of the game shows the growth of the community uh, shows they're listening which is awesome yeah and i think having like rb uh, is like super great from a transparency or, like oh, yeah. as like a new player or whatnot um like it is really cool to see that like you hear that feed you see that feedback and like communication yeah like in the facebook groups and, and whatnot Absolutely. and like i don't know i i appreciate that as just like a player and like also a consumer of the game oh yeah you know uh that there's like people that care there and like you know rb's like a player or whatnot like yeah, yeah she is us um, you yeah, know. I, I just uh, before we came out here, I was looking through. Um, Sam Prime was open, uh, uploading a bunch of pictures and stuff, and it was awesome seeing uh, seeing the trip, uh, seeing him hanging out with uh, all the other worlds uh, uh, people and RB, and it just looked like they were having a great time, and it, it was just cool. I'm super happy for them all. Uh, speaking of which, I think last we checked. Uh, we had like some guys in the mid range of things. We're still rooting for you, and we think you can come back. Um, let's see. We actually. Oh snap! Speaking of which, uh, so I, I just, we have right now as we're doing the podcast and <laughs> and uh, recording, uh, we have in the background the the stream of worlds. And right now we have uh, Christopher, Christopher Neal. Yeah, we have Chris Neal, and then he's going against Nicholas. Uh, I cannot. I think it's like Lowry screen, or something. Yeah, the screen's too far away for me to tell. And I have tired eyes. So everything's blurry. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see what it is. Okay, it looks like. Uh, Neil's up by two, round five. So he needs if he wins again, he beats this guy. Looks like go, Chris. You can do it, man. Yeah, he's using a new set. I I used to play with him in um, when I when I lived in California. Great guy. Uh, His wife's awesome. She also plays, uh, and you know he's a great player. I mean, he's sitting at a world's table. It's so awesome to see that. Anyway, back on track. Speaking of big events, we will have Indie Archfiends coming to the reunion. So look out for that. Unfortunately, I will not be able to make it. But we do have uh, some people that we know are going to make it uh, that you might be familiar that you have heard on the show. Uh, Birdo is going. Yeah, yeah. Eric's going to go. Andrew's going to go. Right? Uh, I think so. Okay, Andrew's a maybe. I think he's a maybe. Okay. Um tad's gonna go i yeah. don't know if we've had him on the podcast if not we should he, he is on one of our uh, uh our recording yeah uh, i think YouTube. he's i think he's at least on two yeah so uh you can see him on there um and then david and laura david and laura uh who 
haven't made it on the podcast just yet, but I do plan on getting them on uh, if I haven't already. And they're on videos too. Yeah, uh, they're on videos. So they're two other like really dedicated players who come out, have fun. They bring a nice warm energy to the table. Uh, Laura was, uh, for the longest time, the sole person bringing diversity to the group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so uh, from there... Uh, let's just talk about Opus 10 for a bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and it's it's my second one, Opus, yeah. um, because when I started, it was Opus, Opus 9. Opus 9 just came out. Um, so, so let's actually dive into that. So how was it coming in the 9 and then seeing like a 9.5? Because that's sort of happened for the first time. There was no really like middle ground until uh, 9.5. Yeah. Where the starter deck came out before the deck and it was legal play well and it, it was i guess in terms of like the state of the game too it's been weird because you know riku got banned and yeah the, when i just started playing so i've actually never played the Wiwa like the yeah Rika, you know pain uh in that state of like milling before um so i think that's kind of crazy in the sense of like i i've heard stories about it but i've never felt i guess the oppression that that deck could and here's uh we and i I won't get too deep in it because in a future episode i actually uh interviewed the guys from the break zone yeah and that was a super fun interview but we also dive into uh that because you know that was what was going on at the time and you kind of get like a snapshot of the past seeing how we felt about it now i know a lot of people were um, obviously wanting it banned. Uh, but I always see, and this is, as Eric would say, this is the old Archfiend's take. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of the times we don't end up agreeing with stuff like that because we just feel it's a call of action to rise to the occasion and try to tackle it and try to beat it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to uh, Gabe. Uh, he's one of the guys who judged at uh, uh, the Lightning Crystal Cup. Really awesome dude. So, uh, you know, we were talking and um, I I was like, I want to play this deck because he had that deck with him. Um, and I kept playing him because I'm like, I'm going to beat this deck and I know it can be beaten. I yeah. just need to better my play to beat it. And then I beat it with my Final Fantasy VII deck, actually. Like uh, uh, Earthfire? I believe so. Yeah. It's been a while. I just, I know I... I I know I beat it, and I was super happy about it. And I was like, yeah, see, it's it's doable. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's how uh, me and Eric have always felt is like, sure, it's hard, but that doesn't mean it's unstoppable. Uh, and I, I think it's just something to rise to the occasion to. And I, I know, that you, like I said, me and the we and the break zone get in-depth into how we felt about that. And I, if I remember correctly, they felt the same. Yeah, no, Um but yeah, I I mean it it's kind of been crazy because there's been like a lot of shifts from nine and ten it seems like you know the full art stuff yeah uh, again right uh, race and knights um, yep. that set coming out um, so I feel like from a perspective it was very overwhelming at first because like there oh, were yeah. pre- eight previous sets so a lot, like a lot for me it was just like trying to figure out what this like yeah. game was what the cards are and things like that and like what to look out for in people's hands and whatnot but um i don't i thought nine was pretty fun uh like cards at least like to me uh, to introduce like bahamut zero yeah and things like that because i like to play like lightning or what uh, that's like the one card i don't have that i really want because like i'll dip in the lightning every now and then uh-huh. and then i'm just like man 
I really wish I had Bahamut Zero. <laughs> but, um, I, I feel like I had like fun cards uh, in in nine. I know that's not like a real like technical <laughs> observation of yeah, like no, you're good. A, or whatever, but like um, it felt like a fun set to come into. Um, I I mean, a part of it too was like, oh, there's a new set coming out for it, and I just started yeah. playing. Like that's awesome. There's like the fervor of that. Oh yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, no, it, it was just interesting to get my sea legs on opus nine and 9.5 and things like that because uh it seemed from my perspective like wind water and i mean we saw today like at worlds like wind water is still such a present deck absolutely Uh, but it felt like things have started to shift to for creativity and i I like the two deck format for that reason of like instead of banning like hey you can only have like you can't have any other copies exactly. of the card in the second deck, and I really think that's a creative solution to not banning uh, or like banning certain cards so that like yeah. there's not only one super powerful deck. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's like uh, like I come from Yu-Gi-Oh. There's a ban permitted and limited list. Yeah. And not getting into like that area. But like maybe like the styles of like how your deck is like constructed for yeah. constructed, I think that that's like a really interesting way to go about influencing deck choices and like the creativity of decks and what you'll see at tournaments. Absolutely. So that that was like really interesting, I think, but between like nine to like ten. So I, I like again like the the deck that like. Meta Potion played like the four color deck with like yeah uh, I've like seen Nidhog back or whatever like uh, and people like renewing Nidhog and like oh, that yeah. that seems like super <laughs> tight like it seems good and like for Opus Ten it seems like um like it's not a, a a major shift in the meta but like tech choices and like creativity in your personal play style like I think that that's kind of where it is shining uh, from my again like limited like I'm still relatively new perspective but yeah. like I think that that's the cool thing is just like you know are you going to tech van into your wind deck or are you not like you know yeah. those sorts of things like I think it allows for cool player choice in Absolutely. the current meta decks so at least you know uniqueness cuz like I think that's one thing about competitive play is you can see someone's personality in a lot of like how they play, how they handle things and whatnot. Um, and even down to card choices. Uh, so I think that that's, that's also cool. So, and I think it's interesting hearing your take, you know, as a beginner where I've, I've been playing since Opus four and, you know, coming into nine, seeing, you know, a bunch of other Opuses, uh, it was definitely like a fun opus, a middle of the road opus almost. Like it wasn't as bombastic. Uh, well, I suppose it made a huge impact. It did make a huge impact, but like as when it when it first came out, it was sort of a, a lukewarm reception. Yeah, uh, and it wasn't until you know people kind of do- dove in into uh, uh, making decks and you know being creative and tinkering around to see what works that you know some stuff made it to the surface and turned out to be really good and fun yeah um and then 9.5 i think is where a lot of things really exploded because not only was that at the point where people now became comfortable with opus 9 but it i think it broke up the monotony just before it became that yeah uh, which is i think great and it, it changed things even though it was a handful of cards it just changed things yeah uh, terra made a 
ginormous impact. Yeah. And that's a card I love using. So as – now, and you haven't Van. been around as Van. So, Terra, Van, I've seen Kafka being ran. I've seen uh, the new Shantoto being ran. Yeah. Um, With that, uh, well, in Opus 10, like that backup that you break to play an 11 and you yeah. just drop that 9 Shantoto down. Yeah, it's great. And so, you, you have, uh, you know, these handful of cards that just change the game entirely. And um, I, I know you haven't been around as long, but, like, I have been playing Fire for a long time. Yeah. Uh, I've been a huge advocate for fire. <laughs> you can talk to anybody in the community who knows me. I've always had a fire deck on hand. Yeah. And I'm really happy that it is easily competitive now, I yeah. guess you could say. Um, but it, it, it absolutely fits my play style. Like, yeah. I, I'm using one of you know the types of fire decks where you're just like, yeah, let me just slam 15 infrits in here and then just – ping your board to hell yeah uh you must have loved it for the stein and if <laughs> <laughs> yeah um like the and, addition of that you know card. big shout out to greg cole for uh, uh giving me those cards um he's actually the reason why i'm able to play frida yeah uh and i'm i'm loving playing that card and that and like one quick sidebar like off of that like that's one thing that's like real great about the re the reunion i i forget the guy i think it's james lockwood yeah he's like running he posts it. a lot yep but he was talking about how at the reunion there's going to be piles of like commons rares and heroics yeah and anybody can take that and i think that's like the great thing about the community too is about how willing they are to help each other out uh, like i think sam's the night prime for winning like nats or whatnot north american nats uh like got the cards from akimoto or something like yeah. that like the whole deck like you know he just landed him cards like i think that's so great and especially with like opus one uh being so important and like yeah. me being a new player and not having access to like you know the th- plus thousand backups and mono backups and if you and, haven't had a chance uh and you can kind of get into the mind of sam prime and uh, uh, just, you know, sort of uh, his knowledge of the game and some of the wisdom he brings. Uh, he is on a YouTube channel called The Chocobros. Yeah, yeah. I've watched uh, several. I watched that one they released when they were like, yeah, we all made it to World and had that, that cool intro. Yeah, of yeah. Just like the three of them and their moments where they made it to World. That was uh, that was cool to see. Um, and, yeah, no – it's just that's yeah another th- great thing about the big events too is just how nice those really good players are and oh, about yeah. like giving knowledge because um, like yeah Adam Lane was just explaining to me why why going first is like statistically just always the best choice absolutely or like yeah I mean there's always variations but like yeah it's definitely like that's probably the go to you should go first absolutely yeah and you know there's all kinds of little tidbits and, and tidbits and, and, and takeaways that you can. Uh, get from these uh, seasoned players that improve your own gameplay. And so uh, with that, uh, looks like we the, the place we are recording. Okay, yeah, no problem. Thank you. Uh, so right now we are recording at game time, and I don't even know what city we're in. Uh, we are in Indianapolis. Uh, are we still in Indianapolis? Yeah, yeah. Okay. We're, uh, we're in the Castleton uh, area. So we are on the northeast side. Northeast side. So you know, for those in the Midwest uh, who are in the area, um, it's cool to know that they you know do stock some Final Fantasy product, uh, and it's another store that will probably. Um, you know, drop 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 into every now and then. It's, yeah, I'd never been here. It's a nice midpoint, but I will say, 
the space here is amazing. Yeah, this <laughs> it's is huge. The biggest it's store I've been to. Easily the biggest store that we have gone to. Um, this to give a comparison, we if if for some reason you know this became a store that we constantly frequent and we actually built a huge community, we can run a Crystal Cup here. That's how big this place is. I think just in the the side room we're in now, you could run a Crystal Cup. Absolutely, like it's it's. <laughs> and huge. they have a streaming station here too, which they do. I want to talk to them. <laughs> that's that's awesome. So they got a streaming station. They got all this room. You know, of course they got you know all the uh, all the stuff, board games, and all the good stuff. Um, so yeah, really cool store. I just wanted to give them a shout out for anybody in the area, anybody passing through. Uh, game time, wonderful place. Uh, while I'm mentioning stores, of course, there's always good games in Indianapolis. In the middle of downtown, great place to go. There are sponsors, so huge shout out to them once again. Uh, back to us talking about Opus 10. Mm-hmm. Um, now that we've gotten into it and uh i'd say we're we're still in the early stages it's been what two three weeks since uh pre-release mm-hmm. I, my my time i think it's been two weeks has it been two weeks my yeah. my internal clock is so messed up from working on third shift i think it's two weeks <laughs> yeah yeah like days feel like weeks weeks feel like months yeah. months feel like years <laughs> uh so now that I feel like uh, I'm still trying to get into it, I'm still trying to get a hold of some key cards that I want. Uh, let's talk about sort of what we're working on, what we want to work on, and go from there. Well, and I'll let you start off. I have a quick question for you. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, do you have a favorite card of Opus 10? Do I have a favorite card of Opus 10? Um, so I'm going to name two favorites. Uh-huh. I'm going to name a f- favorite current that I have, and mm-hmm. then there's a current favorite that I want to have. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so my <laughs> current favorite, and I'm probably going to butcher the name as I do a lot of the times, if anybody listens to my other podcast, which is Tragedy of Cinema, yes, I'm plugging myself. <laughs> Tragedy <laughs> of Cinema, you get to, so. you get to, you listen to, uh, me being a co-host and, uh, Jimbo, uh, uh uh, the host, uh, talk about old movies. It's a fun time. And I butcher names all day. So mm-hmm. to me, butchering names here, uh, my favorite card is uh, Sigurd. Yeah. Uh, I've been playing it in a far from a tier one deck, but a fun deck for sure. Uh, I'm playing the boys, Final Fantasy 15, all of them. Um, you know, I, I then I got some of the cards that I've been wanting to use that I haven't from uh, – was it Opus 9 that they came out or was it 8? I want to say even 8. It was probably 8. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, you know, you have a, a Core, um, Regis, who searches yeah, for those 15. Were, those I think were, those were 9. Those were, yeah. So I finally got to use those because I didn't before. It's been uh, – I've been kind of estranged from that deck for a while. I've mm-hmm. always wanted to come back to it. Didn't get a chance. But um, I finally created that. And Sigard has sort of been the star of that deck. And I was really happy – when it when it worked, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, that card was awesome in pre like pre release as well. Yeah, absolutely. And you'd be surprised on like, uh, I know this comes up over and over, but the one thousand makes all the difference in this game, mm-hmm. all the difference. So yeah. when it comes to a matchup and all my earth forwards are taking one thousand less, it makes it so even in matchups, I'm bigger, and I think it's great. Yeah, especially with, like, Earth being, like, a like I think you have the Noctis in that deck. Yeah. Like, you can just, like, take punishment and deal it out Yeah, exactly. Easily. It's great. And um, my other favorite that I want to own, I don't have yet. Uh, I finally got a single copy. Now I need two more because I need a three of this for sure. Mm-hmm. And that is Zack from yeah. Final Fantasy VII Zack, the hero card, fire. 
I want it so bad for multiple reasons. A, uh, if anybody has listened to the previous co- podcast, um, I loved my Earth Fire Final Fantasy deck. Um, I took it apart right after Lightning Crystal Cup because I'm like, ah, I'm done with it because I, I worked on it for months and I was like, ah, I need, I need to be yeah. away from it now. I need to have fun. Um, but I want to come back to it because of Zach. And I'm like, man, there's so many things that you can do with this. That it could be so fun. And I actually uh, played Sam in a game. Um, unfortunately, not on stream. I, don't, uh, I wish I would have because his deck is just marvelous to look at. So yeah. he made a, a seven deck with Zach and Fasoya. <laughs> and oh my gosh, it it hits and it hits hard and it's beautiful. Um, so I'm super excited to obtain Zach and create my own Earthfire Final Fantasy deck again. I'm interested to see tomorrow at Worlds Day Two uh, what people's draft theory like. If people pu- try to like lean on like a card like Zach and like the soldiers, yeah. the fire soldiers with first class or uh, with first strike, you know. Uh, so, so let's 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 dive into that a little bit, and then we'll get to your two yeah. uh, cards. When it came to pre-release, and also looking in the draft, which I'm not so much an aficionado on it at all. Mm. Um, this still in this point of time, I've never played draft, so. My opinion is bumpkiss, but yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I've read enough about it. Uh, I've watched a lot of gameplay on it to at least kind of know. Um, but I feel with this opus, it was uh, it, it felt like it just came to blows to big Fords. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Like you know the Gilgamesh, and if you pull Phil Thanos, you win. <laughs> yeah, Phil, Phil Thanos was like a hard. I know I got. Oh, I had to take damage from Phil Thanos so I could play that seven drop ice card. Yeah, just to take it out because there's not a lot that's over that. I think it's five. It has to be over five for it to be effective. I think so. Not yeah. get canceled. Um, so I'm I'm really interested to see how that card gets adapted, like adopted or whatnot, because I feel like it, it has like a lot of hype and talk around it, but. Um, I'm ex- I'm interested to see how it gets incorporated, yeah, uh, and you know it, how much it does and how effective it really is because I feel like you know people are just like you know Thanos the snap yeah. or whatnot, but like um, yeah, sometimes with like with everything in life, sometimes it can be a little bit more hype than it actually yeah, is in practice. That's true. Um, I will say for at least the games I played and the pre-release, the uh, uh, the re- at least for our particular pre-release, it seemed to always come to blows to big, you know beefy for is it was like okay now i'm staring down an atlas oh hey now i'm staring down you know uh thanos oh hey now i'm staring down what was some other big forwards in there uh did uh, you say Gil- gilgamesh Gil- yep oh that's right the black tortoise yeah uh, gilgamesh i mean zonday's uh, a big forward too and if you have the fire support for it to pull those things out the ones and yep. threes and twos i mean and ignacio is yeah like a beefy boy well, too with in like each a one effect. of my games i had like I had it in my in the first pre-release we played because we played two. Uh, I had Ignacio. Like okay, cool. Like he's a solid card. But um, in every game I played, I'm sitting across a board of like three, four, nine Ks, and I'm like, well, all I have is Ignacio. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I didn't have much else to try to get him to match, but to be bigger. And that, I guess that was my big takeaway from it. Is uh, I'm curious on how. Um, People who know the game better play it. Yeah, and especially like our experience in draft, or I've been testing draft for these you know, two weeks, yeah. two three weeks, or whatever. Um, 
well, I don't know people's methodology for it. Like if they just got a bunch of pre-release yeah. cuts and, and like that they would were be the draft. biggest difference <laughs> is like uh, you know us playing draft will be like so amateur. So it's like I think anytime you get to watch. Uh, professional pl- p- professional players uh, play draft. Um, it's always a treat because you get to see uh, how it's treated in such a delicate way. And there's so many things that you don't think about when you're in draft. And like I said, I've read up a lot about it and I've seen a lot about it. And, you know, it comes down to every card that you're picking absolutely matters. Well, and you got to think about what the guy next to you pick. You're remembering what the I, cards <laughs> you passed and who's taking what. So when you get that pile back, you know it's missing. And I'm like, oh, man, it's so in-depth. I would love to have like a above-view camera of a draft pool. Like, yeah, you know how they do the pools together yeah. and just kind of see that. Because I feel like just – You can learn a lot from just seeing that. Yeah, and just – and too, like, just seeing – like, for me, like, the thing I would fear about is I'm going in a strategy and then I get screwed out of that strategy. And then, like, how am I going to adapt to that? Like, I feel like I would get screwed, but – um I, I feel like that would be fascinating. Maybe even like a That 70 Show center camera just turn every oh, time yeah, it's I someone's know, right? turn. Like, you know, um, I feel like that <laughs> Square Enix should do that content where they just do player cams and mic them up before they start playing. But I oh, feel yeah. like the draft in itself is just fascinating. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I'm such a poor pleb, though. I'd just be here a legend pulling. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you doing? Are you even playing? I'm like, I need these cards. <laughs> I think the Seattle crew or something. I, I forget the name of their group or something, but I was watching – a video uh and yeah the guy who won it he his first pull was the full art pinello and just pulled it like, oh, he was nice. like i'm gonna take this and like yeah. yeah i mean right for sure um but um i guess maybe for me like the opus 10 stuff that i'm excited for um i mean i really like van i think that that's a really you need to specify which van there are uh two sorry vans. yeah that is true uh the starter van Okay. I think that the starter van is a really cool card. And I really like how Opus 10 is thinking about this damage count. Because, yeah. like, with cards like Fusoya, the backup, that, you know, you can take damage and you can control the game. Like, you're controlling how you take damage and when. You're yeah. not giving your opponent control. And then, like, maybe squalling into something on five damage or vanning on five damage. And you know absolutely when you're going to onboard onto exactly. that. I think that that's a really interesting uh, thing. So, and here's what's really cool about it is you take cards now in opus 10 that have you know the damage five mechanic and, and and you know the damage mechanic more or less and then you combine those with cards that already had the mechanic but it wasn't you know uh written out as such but like there is still i think a lot of different avenues that uh, at least i haven't seen been looked into uh on the forefront i'm pretty sure like it's been seen at maybe smaller local levels who maybe don't upload their decks or maybe i've looked past it when looking at ff decks but I'm sure you can make some kind of deck that absolutely fully takes advantage of your damage. So it's like, yeah, the more you damage me, the more powerful I get. I know the Guardians do that, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Final Fantasy X Guardians. Because um, I think Jet does something at like five damage. Uh, yeah, yeah, he does. And you know, I just know there's such a, there's a handful of cards outside of ten that do that. And ten's just full of them. So I'm sure there's... Uh, some kind of deck and i'll probably look into it myself of just like let me take absolute full advantage of the damage mechanic and no matter what i'm winning yeah <laughs> as far as like the, the um, 
I'm controlling, like you were saying, you have control of the game and you control how potent your cards could be. Yeah, and, and just kind of controlling, because like I've played against Sam a few times with Fusilia. Yeah. It was the first time I ever played Fusilia. But his ability to like take my cards off the field when he wants that to happen yeah. with Fusilia like, is like, I don't know, it, it's just huge uh, oh, yeah. to be able to control the field like that because – uh, to me, the Final Fantasy boils down to, from my very <laughs> new player perspective, resource management and then just, like, field control. Like, yeah. how, um, you know, if you can oppress your opponent's hand or play off how many cards that they have in hand or how many, re- like, it's just about, like, fundamentally, like, those two things and, like, yeah. adapting yourself and your play style to it. So, uh, yeah, I think that the damage mechanic is real cool. Um, so I, I would say Van is like probably the one, even though I think I just do a fire or I do a wind lightning. Dragoons it's, it's one deck. Of your favorites, yeah. Uh, just cause I, 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 Estendian was the first legend I ever pulled and it was okay, a foil nice. one. So I was like, I'm going to make it Dragoons. But <laughs> as I've learned, it feels like everybody dives into Dragoons first. Um, or like, uh, it's yeah. very, po- but like, uh, funny enough, uh, my first legend I pulled was Emperor. Uh, uh which one? The Opus One Emperor, oh, like the, the one that stops uh, abilities, uh, trigger and, abilities. Yeah, that card is um, cool. It, it's it's funny because like the when I first got into the game, like I said, I came in at uh, Opus Three, and then but Opus Four is when I actually started started playing. Um, but uh, I bought a bunch. I didn't know which Opus to buy, and I'm like, well, I might as well start from one. And then uh, I busted open a bunch of uh, uh, one packs, got Emperor. Um, I also got my Shantoto really early on. Dang. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I have like two Shantotos and I'm just like, oh, I'm holding on to these. Um, yeah. And luckily you never need more than two. So. Yeah. It seems like that's that's all that people play. It's consensus. Yeah. <laughs> like you're running one at most two. Um, so what's your other favorite card? You know, I haven't got to play it, but I kind of I want to play it. And I, I guess it's not specifically one card, but it's like two. It's yeah. that backup. Uh lightning back up that you break it and you can play like Shantoto or an 11 card. Okay. Th- whatever comboing into 11 forward with that card, I think is super cool. And like, again, controlling when you're breaking things to get advantages. Like I've seen people use Delita with it. They'll yeah. Delita break that play Shantoto or play Camelot or something like that. Yeah. I think that's a real cool card and i know the those aren't like legends or anything like that or whatnot but i i think that those are like really cool uh mechanics that i've seen on like youtube and stuff like that lately and i'm like oh this is stuff that i think pushes the game forward these are ideas that and things that haven't been there before um well, they, they've been there in, in different capacities, but, like, yeah. a new one. Like, Kane. Like, I love Opus 9 Kane. That's, like, one of oh, my yeah. favorite cards. Um, but, yeah, I just – I think that that card's pretty – pretty. I, I forget the name. I, I think it's Rompier or something like that. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. But I think – Rompier? Yeah, I think – that I I hope that's not like a line answer or whatever. I just think, I think that those are like really cool creative options that um yeah I've seen and like when I see them I'm like I go on FF decks I'm looking like what what does this card do like I get excited about so it. Speaking of looking at FF decks, what uh, what are you working on? Like what are some of the decks that you're looking looking through? Or what are you trying to create? And what are you thinking of creating in the future? Well, for me, what I'm trying to focus on now is creating a deck for the reunion to play at the reunion. Um, That's what I want to focus on now. Uh, My main deck actually 
is inspired by the guy who uh, ran Firewater FF9 um, at our Good Games yeah. thing uh, during Gen Con. Just because I saw that and I, I love FF9. So I was oh, like, yeah, oh, yeah. I want to play that. That seems really cool. And like I like the mechanics of it. Um, I like the drawability of like water and whatnot. So I'm thinking about you know ways to take Opus Ten into into that uh, area. I'm using the Leviathan summon, uh, you know, um, heroic summon right now. Okay, yeah. So I'm I'm thinking about working on that, but like <laughs> I created that lightning X death thing. Oh yeah, and, yeah. You know, it's been working, which has been surprising. Um, and like I've played it against Waff. And it's, you know, it's worked. I've played it against wind, mono wind. Yeah. And, I, and I've overcome it with it. So I'm thinking about maybe utilizing that because I use a card like Aldo. Like right when I saw yeah. Aldo, I was like, this is a way that I can get X death more consistently to get like Grand Cross to go off. Oh, yeah. Um, and then like the lids, the sages. Um, another card that I love from 10 is the starter uh, Ramza back up the five uh, that, oh, like yeah, lets you yeah. draw. Um, so I don't know. It, it's it's probably between those two. Um, so th- that's really what I'm working on right now. Like Waterfire Nine, and then just like Mono Lightning. Let's destroy the field and try and draw in like recursion of cards. Yeah. What about you? I okay. So I'm. I'm sitting in a nice place with my mono fire. All I'm waiting for is to get a hold of Zach and get a hold of the hero Ifrit. And then I think, uh, and then maybe some tinkering from there yeah. um, just to adjust. And then I think my mono fire deck is in a nice place until the next opus. I think that's uh, a cool thing about Nats too is like how present like mono fire was. Because oh, like that's yeah, what I'd always amazing. heard like <laughs> from my first day playing this game like this year or coming back to play this well, year. That was the big that, meme. Yeah, like, like mono fire. Yeah, a mono fire. Ugh, right? So <laughs> I think that and then uh, I think on the recent RBA returners uh, podcast that came out, the, their most recent one from like uh, before Worlds, if yeah. they come out with another one after Worlds or whatever, um, it was interesting to hear that Cody Snodgrass was thinking about playing mono fire for Gen Con. Yeah, and went with mono ice, like yep. it, it because like I, I that's around when I started, and then I heard that mono fire was a joke. So I feel like that you know is a testament. Not to mono, Yeah, like mono fire, like people were like looking at it as a serious candidate for like a high profile tournament. Yeah, it's really funny. So um, about uh, before when we were just jamming and gaming, I was I was talking about uh, like how much I've like evolved my mono fire deck because i've always had a mono fire deck and i'm just constantly switching out cards and the concept also changes I, and i started off with like a uh older like you know small uh weenie warrior of light deck yeah that was mono fire and then it evolved from that and then it went to just sort of like a mid-range mono fire and then it changed to like oh let me try samurais and stuff like that and every time i unsleeve a deck uh all the cards I'm not using make it into this pile that I have not organized. Still, have not <laughs> yet organized back into my collection. So now, of all the piles, because I have so many piles of just cards now in my hobby closet, but the mono fire, the, the, just the fire stack of cards that I've unsleeved and then stowed away to the side until I need some from there or something like that is bigger than any pile in my closet that's how much i've been toying with mono fire in uh, in the episode for starters you should talk about strategy of organizing your cards oh yeah i'd love to hear that um i, I actually uh, yeah, i've come down to the consensus that uh even though it's cumbersome 
uh, binders seem to be the way to go. Because uh-huh. uh, I currently use boxes, which is space efficient, but it is not efficient when you're building um, or putting things away. Because, uh, you know, you, you just got lines of cards and then you got to, like, take out the whole stack and then yeah. you find where you're going. Where, like, in binders, it's all nice and neat there. All you got to do is slide it right back in its slot. Um, I realized that when I went to the Lightning Crystal Cup, uh, I had my boxes, uh, Andrew had his binders, and he could build so easily where I'm, like, struggling just to yeah. grab certain cards. For sure. Like, yeah, I, I've been contemplating how to re- reorganize after Opus 10, too, of just, like, I'm trying to, like, maybe organize with staples in yeah. one area and then just, like, you know, format with, like, you can, I mean, you, I'd, I'd say a combination of both. So you yeah. put, I'd say put... Uh, a collection of a playset of everything in binders yeah. and then anything extra box it yeah because my binder right now is basically legends staple heroics yep. and or then, anything yeah, a separate staple. binder for all like heroes and legends and promos or whatever yeah and then another binder for trades yeah so those would be like the two secondary tertiary yeah. binders that you would have but yeah, uh, Opus Ten has been really fun. Uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to making a lot of decks. Like I said, I've been working on the Mono Fire. I've been working on uh, Earth. I've been wanting to come back to Mono Earth for a while. Um, there were some cards I was excited for um, that might have not got the most, you know, warm welcome. And like they, they're all pretty like lukewarm cards, as far as at least a lot of people are concerned. Um, but I still want to try them out. Uh, I was pretty excited about Joker. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to try out the uh, Sid Mobius. Yeah. Um, obviously, I'm using Sigard currently. Uh, the Black Tortoise is something else I wanted to to give a go. Him and uh, uh, Uke or whatever. Oh man, I <laughs> I can never say his partner's name, but uh, he's the one that if he's out in the field, Black Tortoise uh, comes out for three CP less. Another combo that I saw that I love. Is the Sid Mobius the the Wind Legend, and um, oh yeah yeah that's and Sid, yeah. that combo with Chaos Walker of the Wheel that you get to pop one of your things onto the field if you want by breaking somebody else's, and then like if they put it on the field, Sid Mobius nine Ks it. Yeah, and, like that's like a I, I saw that and I was like, oh, that's like that's brutal, right? <laughs> yeah, that's that's another card I'm interested to see where it goes, and I feel. Um, things are are cooking up where uh, in the smaller sort of communities where I feel like um, you know obviously there's a big concentration on worlds. Uh, everybody getting ready for uh, people in their community to get ready for worlds. If you had someone going uh, and currently playing right now, um, I feel that uh, it, it's. Uh, difficult to try to you know go out and try all these creative new things where it's like okay world is here uh we need to get ready for it let's concentrate what the meta is now and uh we can possibly see but as we've seen you know watching some of these streams um it looks like you know we haven't moved too far as far as like on the competitive scene which absolutely is understandable yeah i mean you're coming into you know the big tournament you don't want to this is this is not the time to be cute so and to speak. like you're looking like to sure up the most consistency like exactly. so that like so you're you not bricking you know. and like yeah. you, you know something that like f- has flow to it so, so you're not going to see some uh uh you're not going to see the yeah <laughs> exactly exactly you're, you're going to see what you've already seen with some 10 with splash of 10 
but I think I really do think after Worlds, you're going to start seeing some creativity of 10, uh, particularly at the reunion. I think I think uh, we're going to see a lot of interesting things at the reunion. Um, I can't wait to hear what you guys bring back. Uh, and I think it'll be a great time. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to like I hope uh, to record games with people at the reunion yeah. with Arch fans. And I'm definitely sending all of you guys out to do interviews. I encourage you all <laughs> to do interviews. <laughs> uh, I mean, particularly for me, like I would love to do some interviews too because like I feel just everybody has so much like experience, yeah. like sage advice. So <laughs> I would love you to know, I think some that's the, the biggest thing that we bring to the table as. We do these field interviews, which is really cool. Like, I mean, there's not not to knock down all all these wonderful interviews that we've been seeing on this. Uh, um, excuse me, uh, on the on the world screen right now, um, the interviews that uh, the Break Zone does uh, when they commentate, which top tier commentators, man. Yeah, no, I love those guys. God, so that was a thing, Okimoto, and I don't know the guy's name who commentated with him at, at Nats. U.S. Nats, but like that was uh, amazing for me as like a new player was hearing someone like Akimoto explain lines of play like while those it was guys happening. Too. Okay, so so uh, those guys are, are meta potion. Yeah. Excuse me. <coughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah. So yeah, you, you got meta potion, which is uh, that you know big group that Okimoto is part of. Yeah. Um, and then then you have the break zone. Uh, once again, two two great guys. Um, they run a website which you know pushes out all kinds of content, but they're like the commentators, and um, like they do their homework, man. And, yeah, and it's it's worth listening to them. They when were they talking commentate. about like ratios and do, and like doing like statistics math, and I was like, oh man. yeah. I was if like, if you man. listen to the interview, which will be in uh, the two episodes after this, because after this episode it will be the interview with um, uh, uh, Greg Cole, and then after that. You'll get at the very end of it. It's kind of like a little treat. We talk to any arch fiends, the break zone. We get together, we chat it out, and um, you get to get inside the minds of these guys and how they prepare for their interviews. How or not? Yeah, interviews and how they prepare for commentating. And uh, they eat it up, man. Like, yeah. like all the numbers and stuff that they vibe with it. And I think that's awesome. We need yeah. people like that. That like just love grinding those numbers crunching out and be like hey this is what it is and you know here's what we're looking at and uh i highly respect them and they've they've been there since the beginning so yeah yeah no it, it was really cool to like see that too like gen con being the first like it was kind of a blessing to be in indy like to be living in indianapolis yeah. and then see something that huge you know for production like to see kageyama like i did a gunslinger i didn't play kageyama but i played uh this british guy yeah um and to see you know all this you know great like you know the the pillars of our community and that has supported it since like day one like it was it was really cool and like kudos to those guys too because like i think they grinded like a like a nine ten hour stream like uh oh yeah and like you know commentating and you know staying fresh and like yeah kudos to them (laughs) i mean not only does it 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 take knowledge but it takes stamina too yeah Um, and that's i I, once again and we i try to do this uh, as much as i can Huge shout out to to all the judges. Uh, some off the top of my head, like I said, uh, Gabe. Um, I always forget his last name. He's the big lovable Gabe man. Um, Sam Prime, Andrew Good. Uh, those guys I've uh, 
Gabe Cavalier. There we go. So Gabe Cavalier, Andrew Good, Sam Prime. Uh, I've had the pleasure of meeting them all in person. I interviewed them when I was at the Lightning Crystal Cup. Um, and, you know, they're super knowledgeable. Uh, uh, I love talking to them. Um, and then uh, uh, Fim Fam is where Gabe's on. So he has a smaller YouTube channel. Mm. Uh, if you guys haven't heard of it or check it out or, or haven't checked it out, Check it out. It's it's the Fim Fam. That's what Gabe's on. Um, obviously, Sam Prime has Choke Bros. Uh, I don't think Andrew Good's on anything, um, but he's also running a store. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and then anybody else who's judging. Um, I know there's a lot of other judges. Those are just the ones that I've known personally and uh, spent a lot of time with. And I annoy these guys all the time. I annoy RVA all the time. Like, if I have questions, I'll just be like, hey, hey, I, I need to know this, well, like, like mid-game. And that, like, they're there for me, man. Talking about, like, passion, like, for the community, like, it's really cool to see the, some of these top-tier players kind of not necessarily, like, stepping aside, but, like, you know – uh, volunteering to judge like a big tournament just yeah, because they, it needs that and these that, that's that's why we have to give such respect to these judges i mean they have gone to the point where they've uh for foregoed their opportunity at let's say nats uh, uh or you know whatever just even a chance just at, at a prize pool or whatever yeah. so then they can judge and make sure things run smoothly and yeah, huge shout out to to I don't know who's judging Worlds right now, but huge shout out to anybody who made it out to Worlds and judged uh, and any judges at any tournament, big time, local. You guys are great. Uh, you guys make the game run smooth, um, and you keep everything in line. And I, I, we highly respect you guys. Yeah, for sure. And with that being said, I want to bring this episode to a close. Uh, just a reminder, we are on YouTube now. Uh, we got some uh, games up on there. We're also going to start putting some content on there. Uh, I'm thinking about personally doing uh, when Opus 11 rolls around, or actually probably when, I don't know what's going to come first, Opus 11 or you know the next two-player starter deck, which yeah. is Cloud vs. Sephiroth. And then the, the 10's coming out too uh, as well, like mm-hmm. around then to the Tifa 10. Oh, wait, isn't that, uh, that's 11, isn't it? I'm not sure. I think it all, like, comes out really close to each other. Oh, uh, okay. So, it's all weird, but yeah. in any case, uh, I, I definitely want to do, like, a set review for the first time. It's, like, visually uh, be there for you guys, because we, we didn't do that. We, we just kind of briefly kind of go over it, but um, I think as content creators, it's worth giving our take, uh, and, and then just, you know, have some fun talking about cards. Yeah, for sure. Um, hot takes. Hot takes, exactly, cards. right? Everybody loves the those. NDR's fiend <laughs> take. Uh, you, you, you've heard it here uh, that, you know, from the guys who are in the amateur ring of things. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I think it's it's worth hearing a perspective from uh, uh, sort of our level. I mean, mm. obviously, like, I enjoy hearing the take of higher level players and the guys who've broken this down mathematically. And... Um, and then I think it's also cool uh, to hear how, you know, maybe some guys who aren't as methodical kind of think of things. And, yeah, sometimes, I, you know, we kind of come up with some random creative stuff and it's like, oh, hey, cool. Hey, it works, right? Um, yeah, I think at one of the pre-releases, I mean, and also, like, to you kind of get what you get. But, like, I ran a six-color deck <laughs> and, like, I got, like, second nice. somehow. 
But uh, then again, like Beefy Boys was kind of <laughs> right, <laughs> not as much like a tech sort of thing. But like, yeah, like I think that's what's really cool about like our group, and yeah, you know, is that you know it's not always meta. Exactly. Uh, so I think that that's pretty cool. So yeah, I definitely look forward to that, um, and just other content that we'll just randomly upload to YouTube. Uh, we'll figure out that whole spiel later. But until then, we'll just keep uploading games uh thanks to berto here um who's doing our editing and uploading he's handling all that yeah and yeah pay attention to like the socials the twitter and the facebook for indie arch fans yeah exactly to see that content you know go up and whatnot and and you've been on on it with posting too yeah i noticed you've been posting on all the the facebook stuff which is awesome so uh look out for our youtube uh obviously we're on spotify and pretty much any podcasting service, really. I made sure we're everywhere mm-hmm. um, and easy accessible. The only place we're not is uh, SoundCloud. Um, and that is merely because uh, they wanted so, – so I pay um, through pippo.io. Mm-hmm. And they make sure I can upload anywhere except SoundCloud. I had to upload separately to SoundCloud for the first couple episodes. And – uh, then they were like, hey, you got to pay. And I'm like, eh, no. <laughs> yeah. And so unfortunately, uh, we're not on SoundCloud, which I wish we were because, you know, it's easy to go to and easy to comment on. Yeah. Um, if you guys do have Apple Podcast, please do leave a comment. Um, that lets me see feedback, uh, you know, how you guys feel about the podcast, where you think we should improve, stuff like that. And obviously, we just got back into the swing of things, so you'll probably want to hear a couple more episodes first. But uh that's a place to leave uh, feedback. If not, just our Facebook page, uh, Indie Arch Fiends. We're also on Facebook. Send us an email, IndieArchFiends at gmail.com. Um, I think it's all the self-plugs I can get out to make yeah. sure we're all out there. It's funny because I know it's like the biggest taboo, but I'm like, eh, whatever. I'll, I'll throw it out there. Yeah. Well, and I think that's <laughs> I, I, it's such a small community. community that, you know, I, I want to make sure people could reach out. I want to make sure we give the best content since there is still so little content. Uh, I want to be able to bring something new to the table. We will have more field interviews coming up. Um, and then, you know, we have, uh, our streams and stuff like that so yeah yeah we're we, we got lots of stuff coming out um and what's gonna be cool is sooner or later pro- i think in about a week or two uh our sweaters and t-shirts will be sent out and then we'll all be rocking that and yeah so that'll be super fun uh, uh i'm i'm stoked for it and again i like the the crystal looks legit yeah, like it, it's, it's i can't i'm it's, so excited it's very like final fantasy i think and like uh it'll be really really cool to like roll uh and roll the up reunion, to the reunion and like all wearing you know kind of trees apparel yeah because i mean all like you it, it, it's such it's so cool to see like RVA all coming in with their RVA jerseys or you got Meta Potion coming in with their Meta Potion hats and they yeah. just all matching. So I'm like, man. I love their logo. Yeah, it's awesome. It's and so, uh, you know, we're joining the fray too. We got to let them know we're out here. Indy Archfiends, Midwest is representing. Yeah, and I, I think it's really cool too, like when Gen Con does yeah. roll around or whatnot too to see everybody. Because like our scene is growing and uh, it's it's just really cool to like see that come here and like play with that. Yeah. You know, and have that come to our doorstep. Um, so, and and I, it's always cool to see how much like people like our city and whatnot too. Once they, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. that's always like heartwarming. Absolutely. So. Uh, with that being said, that ends this episode of Indie Arch Fiends. Once again, we are back. Uh, gonna try to do weekly. Um, obviously, the holidays are coming up, so 
it'll still probably be slow. This all depends on uh, when we can meet up or when we can get recordings pushed out and stuff like that. But we're very much back. We're still, you know, we never really left. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we're, we're not putting this down. Uh, we still want to create content. We want to add into the pool of content because there is so little. Um, yeah. So look forward to future episodes. Our next two episodes are guaranteed, though. Uh, episode nine um, is with Greg Cole. Yeah. Warrior of Light. Yes. <laughs> I interview him. And then episode 10, we are interviewing Kagiyama, Cody Snodgrass, Chris Neal, The Break Zone, and probably a couple more. It's been a while since I looked at my own footage, so <laughs> I, I, I got to go back and listen. But um, you're gonna hear look it. forward to that. Yeah, <laughs> definitely look forward to that. And like I said, even though it's old, uh, definitely give it a listen. If you've made it this far, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely, and thanks for having me. Absolutely, know, um, and you know, time. you're you're, you're going to definitely be a, a reoccurring co-host on here. So you have now the title of co-host slash marketer slash producer. So, <laughs> <laughs> no. so many roles now. Um, so uh, just you know, a quick snapshot. You got myself, the host, Terrence Davis. Then we have my co-host here right now, Berto Campos. Uh, and then right now on. Uh, Currently on holiday, <laughs> no. yeah. uh, we have you know Eric Davis. Um, he's he's working hard. He's sleep right now. Like he's he's actually probably getting ready to go to work. He, he's working third shift right now too. So yeah, I know he's, a tough he's on the grind. He is on the grind, uh, and I super respect that, Eric. If you're listening to this, love you, buddy. Um, we got Andrew, who we haven't seen in a while. He makes it out when he can, but once again, you know he's on the grind. He's got a chaotic schedule. He makes it out when we can. I really hope to get him back on the mic. Uh, super chill guy, uh, very chill vibe. Uh, once again, love you, buddy. Can't wait for you to come back out here. Um, we want to get some new people on the mic. Uh, we got uh, our beginner episode coming up. Um, I think I've prefaced it, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. So we have a beginner episode coming up, and that'll either be me, Eric, and Sam, who is our aficionado, Sam uh, Han, and then, or, or it'll just be me and Sam. Yeah. Um, and then we'll just go over some beginner stuff. So that's something to look forward to. Uh, in a future future episode um and with that that's pretty much all i got man yeah no it's <laughs> i feel like uh it's been a good time I, I, good conversation I, absolutely I'm, I'm terrible at closing these things so with that being said indie arch fiends is out <laughs>